Call it Gorilla Summer because it's suns out, gruns out. My name's Alex. And I'm the hip magic set designed by Megan the Stallion, Hot Girl Summer. Chase. Ooh, Hot Girl Summer. This is Scry 7, the magic news and culture podcast that is ready to grill and chill. On this week's episode, we are covering all the major announcements about Wizards lineup for the summer. So grab yourself a snack, find a chore, because we've got you for the next 30 minutes. Exactly. In terms of a snack, I recommend those SpongeBob Freezy Pops that look horrifically monstrous because that is, you know, fits in with our summer theme. And also, um, they're scary looking. So, yeah, that that's my addition to this podcast. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what's going on. Um, Dark Alliance, which is really cool, um, did not know that this was coming out. Turns out it is a really cool co-op game coming yeah. out. Uh, it's a and d themed game called Dark Lines, which releases June 22nd, which is... Yeah, it really looks cool. like it's going to be a four-player, or a three- or four-player co-op game. I'm not sure yet. Uh, can't really tell in this press release, but it's a action RPG, it looks like, where players are taking the uh, role of folks like Caddy Bree, Wolfgar, or Drizdo Erden from the R.L. Salvatore series of books set in the Forgotten Realms, so... It's in the same uh, general uh, lore realm as the summer set of Magic's going to be. So we're pretty excited about that. It looks like you're going to be fighting some big bosses, hordes of enemies, liches, and Chase's favorite, of course. Beholders. I think they're so cool. I literally screamed the first two seconds because the first two seconds of the trailer went, there are beholders. And I went, yes, they are. I was so excited. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I wish it was available for the Switch because I've been really getting into gaming on my Switch. But um, I'll survive with my Xbox and also my desktop. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that's going to be out on June 22nd for mm-hmm. basically everything but the Switch. Uh, it looks like it's going to be on some sorts of, uh, you know, smart fridges. So keep an eye out for that. Get the uh, Skyrim <laughs> treatment. But yeah, no, that's actually really exciting. I'm glad to see Wizards doing a little bit more with their intellectual property. Hopefully we can keep seeing some of these high quality games come out from stuff like Magic and D&D. Yeah. Speaking of things coming out from Wizards, big, big news. Like we talked about over the past couple of episodes... Wizards Play Network Play is returning to the United States on May 29th. So even though your particular store might not be open at that point, Wizards has decided that it is generally safe enough in most places to start looking at returning to store gameplay in the next few weeks. Yeah, I know that's not the case for uh, you guys up there in, in Canada currently. I know that things are still a little bit rough and tumble. Um, mm-hmm. but I know that in my area, things are definitely lining up a bit. I'm still wearing my mask, even though I'm fully vaccinated. And I know that my card shop has been taking, um, this very seriously. And I know that they will open up once they feel comfortable enough, but I know that they're going to be very excited to be able to have this kind of play in store again. Cause that's literally their bread and butter. Yeah. I think a lot of some local game stores are going to be really happy to be, especially drafts going again. I know one of my local oh, yeah. shops really relies on subsidizing draft costs. Mm-hmm. Like they still have a $15 draft up here, which is crazy because almost every other store in the entire city is 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, just stuff like that because just not enough product gets open. And I think we've sort of seen it on the singles market the past year without these mm-hmm. draft sets being open like they normally do. You don't see the people selling the stuff they don't need back to the shops. So I think that's going to be exciting for a lot of places. Uh, with along with that, we're seeing a bunch of different goodies come out to the LGSs. We're actually seeing Wizards show them some love. I personally am extremely happy about this next part. It says, beginning June 18th, 
or when sanctioned play returns to local stores near you. So I don't think this is going to be something anybody needs to worry about if your local area hasn't gotten back to it yet. Mm -hmm. But it looks like if you purchase $50 in US dollars or greater of sealed magic product, they're going to be throwing in a foil old border fabled passage with your purchase and talk about a perennial format all-star mm-hmm. it plays in pioneer it plays in a whole bunch of stuff all over the place it's a great in most commander decks so i'm really excited to see that and same basic timing maybe a little bit later we're also looking to see convention mystery boosters return those are the ones with those wacky play test cards in them yeah I know for one, I'm really excited. I know that the seeing those convention boosters come out are going to drop a lot of value in these cards, which I actually think is a good thing. I own um, the Tibble the Chaotic, the the card from a convention thing, and it, last time I checked, it was eighty dollars, and that's crazy for a card that technically isn't really even legal. Um, but it's just a really cool thing to have, and I know that a lot of people want to, you know, rule zero that, and so seeing that cost hopefully go down. I think it's going to be a great thing because I don't think that card's worth eighty dollars. I mean, I would argue that many other people would also agree that as well. Yeah, it's 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 that way because of rarity. However, they do mention in the press release that there will be highly limited qual- quantities, and based on the language that they're using, I think that most shops are going to be encouraged to run drafts using the product rather than selling it sealed. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what the situation is going to be in all cases, and I I would bet we won't see more on that until a little bit later into the summer. So. Well, I, I definitely think that that this alongside that fable that fable passage uh, promo is definitely being used by Wizards to help stimulate LGS growth again. You know, kind of stimulate the mm-hmm. LGS economy, which I think is because these are two very good incentives. I know personally, I love it when shops come out with like purchasing promos or like the friend day promos. I would used to take my um my college roommates to my card shop with me to play with me for Friday because I really wanted to get like that card. So mm-hmm. for me, I think it's a, a really exciting thing to do. And I think it's really cool that they're, you know, printing things that people will want and play and, 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 and use uh, to help stimulate LGSs again. Yeah. I think it's a really good strategy, especially given some of the other moves Wizards has made in the past year and a bit in, when it comes to like direct sales and in a lot of ways, sort of cutting out some of those products that, LGS is used to rely on. I'd like to see more of this type of thing in the future. You know, mm-hmm. I'd like to see more, uh, you know, buy specifically from an LGS bonuses. I'd like to see exclusives that go to LGSs again. I-, I just think it's good for the game. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. I'm really excited to see what's going to come. I know that um, I feel like I will be personally hesitant to participate in the beginning, even you know, with how things are going where I live. But um, I definitely think that this is a good way for Wizards to say, you know, we're assessing the situation. We've kept this at bay as, as long as we have. And we feel like now is a good time where we see a good portion of the world um, making steps towards um, a, a somewhat of a form of normalcy. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. And uh, speaking of, you know, forms of normalcy, uh, I think one of the biggest things is going to be for folks not to try and force it too hard. You know, let it let it take baby steps. Let it let's let the recovery happen naturally. Like don't go in demanding on the 29th or whatever the date is. You have to let me draft today. Give me a pod. Like take mm-hmm. your time, let your shops and your local authorities get you to the right spot. I, exactly. I hope everybody that's listening to this would agree with that, but if you don't, take take a minute, 
we're going to get there. We're almost out of this. I definitely think so. Like, I know for a fact that my shop is, you know, the relationship I have with my shop is very much um, a good and healthy one where they're saying, you know, we have this, we'll we'll hold this for you. We want to make sure that everyone feels safe and everyone can come in. Um, you know, we want like our, we want this to reach every client at the shop rather than like mm-hmm. the first three people who, you know, you know, barge in. <laughs> they, want, they want it to be for everybody. Exactly. Uh, well, speaking of something that's for everybody, uh, Modern Horizons 2, we saw our first few promos and mm-hmm. cards come out. And I, for one, am very excited about this. Modern Horizons 1 was basically the the last uh, four years of the Modern Band list, plus some stuff for Commander. So I think we're going to see a lot of the same type of stuff. And so far, we've seen a lot of really cool stuff. This is, once again, just like Modern Horizons bypassing standard to go directly into the historic card pool or not historic card pool eternal card pool whatever the hell they're calling it these days mm-hmm. almost swore really badly there for a second anyway um point is is that uh, it's not going to pioneer it's not going to standard however it is going to be draftable and it is going to have a pre-release complete with pre-release kits so if this is a more firm staple of their strategy moving forward i'm actually kind of on board with it it gives them an opportunity to have reprints and new prints Mm -hmm. into a format that a lot of people love and speaking of new prints there's going to be 42 new to modern reprints from magic's past in each draft booster and the first one that we've seen is counterspell which i think is a massive meta changer or at least has the potential to be I do have to say, you you were like, oh my god, I didn't eat, because uh, the other day we were talking, um, and I was showing you all the, the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, you were getting very excited, and then you went, wait a minute, counterspell? And I'm like, yeah, and? And you were like, this is a big deal! It <laughs> is a big I deal. I didn't understand I... it until now. Yeah, it, ha- it has been printed in a modern legal, legal product yet, and the entire time modern's been a thing since, I, oh goodness, it's been 10 years of modern now, hasn't it? Yeah, tw- 2011. Yeah, and so... To, to have such an iconic spell not be part of the format and now to be coming in and replacing, you know, other junk like Mana Leak, I, I think that's really exciting. I think it gives more opportunity for fair decks to play fairly. So we'll see how it impacts the meta once it comes out. Uh, that being said, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that we've already seen there. Uh, perhaps one of the funniest cards I've ever seen, Diamond Lion. Um, that was Basically, cool. yeah, Lion's Eye Diamond on a stick. Uh, however, it's got several downsides, uh, not the least of which is that it doesn't have haste and it's an activated ability instead of a mana source. Yeah. Um, well, it has the characteristics of a mana, or, or uh, an activated ability rather than a mana source anyway. Um, point is, is, it looks really cool. I think the art direction of this set is already leagues ahead. We've seen a couple mm-hmm. different ki- types of custom art treatment, right, Chase? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, um, we're seeing a lot of really interesting things with this, even just on the product, which I'm really excited about. On the product, they have, um, Dacon or Corlash, um, the art of the, uh, you know, um, pre-release kits and everything look very beautiful, sort of like a watercolor looking, very vibrant colors, which I'm really excited to see. Um, we also see a black squirrel. It could be a possible squirrel legendary. That's just me hoping. Mm-hmm. Um, and even on the collector's boosters art, it's sort of a return to the comic book-esque art that we saw in Ikoria, which I really liked and thought was very interesting. Um, we're also getting retro art printed borders as well, which I'm very excited about. So, um, And they the showed that off are getting, on the, yeah, on yeah, those the enemy fetchlands. Fetch yeah. Mm-hmm. Fetches are getting them too and all the other cards too. The die in Lyman, uh, 
that just sounds so weird. Couldn't they just say like right? diamond-eyed lion or something? I don't know, but if, yeah. it just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. Um, it's getting an old board uh, print as well. We also saw um, kind of a sneak preview of some of these cards too. We already talked about the lion, uh, the fetches as well. A card called Brainstone, which is brainstormed, but literally on a physical rock, um, which is very interesting. I think that would be cool in Emery, but I don't really see that having too much value in places i think it comes in handy when you can recur it pretty consistently like you would in emory but past exactly that, I, I, th- I think it's cute i think it's interesting yeah. i don't think it's necessarily good and i hope to see more of that type of card because i think that's going to be good for the commander side of stuff Definitely. i already know that a couple of my cdh friends were a little bit disappointed in lion diamond because you can't directly do some of the uh, underworld breach loops with it or at least not very easily. It requires either a haste enabler or something like mm-hmm. a thousand year elixir. Uh, but I think the coolest card we've seen so far, and I think you'll agree with me on this, is Urza's Saga. Yes, I. I'm so sorry, disappointing toes, but I'm recently on an artifact deck kick. I love it, and this is so 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 much fun. I literally just finished writing an article today about how much I love the construct tokens that are zero zeros that get one one for each artifact you control i love those kinds of tokens i think mm-hmm. they're insanely powerful they're cool or is a saga is a saga i'm not a huge fan of sagas in my opinion i know a lot of people do like them uh they look more like star wars than they do magic to me i don't know why mm. um but there's a saga you can on the first chapter you know it, it's like half a soul ring Second chapter, you can tap two, tap it, get that really cool token. And then the third chapter is you search the library for an artifact card with mana cost zero or one and put it onto the battlefield and shuffle. Now, this I really like because this can be really good. In Embry, you can get your Lotus Petal, you can get your Mana Crypt, you can get, you know, just there's just, there's a Sol lot of... Ring. Oh, that's right. Or one. Sol Ring? <laughs> I'm just saying, you can get a song. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's really good to get those mana rocks that you need, or even some of the, you know, um, I can also get you a skull clamp if you really need a skull clamp at the moment. It gets a lot of really good stuff. It gets you mana, it gets it gets you sack engines, stuff like that. I think this is a really cool card. And also, it also features another art printing that we didn't talk about too, which is called the, um, I think it's called Sketch Printing, Sketch Variants, yeah. where the art features the original artist sketch, which I also think is really cool because as somebody who really loves original magic art, I hope to one day own an actual piece of, of original magic art. And I feel like this is kind of giving, you know, with the regular schmegular people like me, you know, the opportunity to get a really cool piece of, of that magic history and see what it can turn into a little evolution. And I like that. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Having that art and differentiation, I think is one of the things that magic's doing really well. Like we talked about last week, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all those different treatments and different places and vectors for those sorts of things, I think is just helping magic out. I know there's been some discussion about how tired people are of all the variants and stuff, but I think what Wizards is trying to do is it's trying to help people who have different habits of collecting find mm-hmm. their niche. Like me, for example, I really don't care to have draft boosters on hand. I don't draft that often. I don't really care to have set boosters because I don't want just normal cards. What I want is collector boosters because I like bling nonsense. I want widescreens. I want foils. I want special art treatments. Do you want foils? Because you tell me you don't want foils. So which is it, Alex? So here's the thing. If you made every foil an etched (laughs) foil, I would die happy. Because those things, they they don't curl. They don't 
peel. They don't do nothing. Yeah. I've been a little disappointed in some of the actual foils recently, as everybody has been. I think there have been some improvements recently. Like, for example, my collector's boosters from Strixhaven, they didn't curl badly, but there still is definitely some bending. Oh, I do have to agree with you there. I actually have this uh, full, full, complete foil, not an etched Defiant Strike near me, and it's warping a little bit. However, I have an arcane signet full art foil from Commander Legends that Man, I just slotted in to uh, Alibo, and um, it is it is Pringled. I literally yeah. have to take it. If I know I'm never going to sell a card again and it's a foil and it's Pringled, I'll take it and I'll kind of bend it in the middle and try and curve it back out. I try to like counteract the curling. Um, and mm. that thing has been in a deck in a deck box flat against other cards and it's still Pringled out. So I yeah. think the foiling process is getting better. Um, but I do have to agree. I, I still kind of prefer the etched foils. Now in the Strixhaven, not really a fan of the etched foils just because it's like, um, let's add a little bit of spice. They needed a lot more spice. They needed to pick a different word for them, in my opinion. I think calling those etched foils was gilded. a disservice. Gilded. Yeah, maybe gilded. gilded. Yeah, sure. That works fine. But I think it was a bit of a disservice given that yeah. the only other place we'd seen them was Commander Legends. Uh, one thing I do want to revisit really quickly is, the, in my opinion, the coolest part about Urza Saga that we didn't talk about yeah. is that it's a land. Oh, it's a it's land? An, yeah, it's an enchantment oh, land. What? Urza's Saga, right? And and so those, those are all the types. It's, it's enchantment land, super types. Urza's land type, Saga enchantment oh, type. It's very that's cool. Be so good with like the tutors. You can just tutor mm-hmm. for an enchantment. Oh my god, you can have an Estrid's invocation come in as a copy of it. So you can have two. Exactly. Wait. And yes, you can because it's not legendary. It's <gasps> non-legendary too. Yeah. I, I think I think Urza's saga is actually gonna make a few waves. I, I think just the potential recursion, the different things that fetch it. I, I just wanted to touch on that really quick because I've seen a few people asking, why doesn't it have a casting cost? Well, because lands don't have casting costs. I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah, my it's, god, it's, that's so cool. Yeah, it's pretty wild, especially that edition of the enchantment set. Any case, I want to move on from uh, Modern Horizons 2, but basically my thoughts on this is it looks like they've really set this up to be a good spiritual successor to Modern Horizons 1. I really hope they learned their lesson about designing around balance because I don't want to end up with another set of Arkham's Astrolabes and Urza and Hogak this oh, time Oh, it's around. really funny because I remember that, that like, three month span of where my entire twitter feed consisted of people talking about gak and urza and how i went to like a star city event for like the third time ever and it was just so are you playing um so you're playing like Wurza? <laughs> i'm mm-hmm. like i don't even know what that is but i know what it is <laughs> it's not even my format i know what it is I, th- I think i've told the story before but uh one of the things that really bog- bothered me about that period was having to go and grab four ley lines of the void for my modern burn deck sideboard to even be able to play game two in oh, a tournament so sad I, I i definitely think that wizards is paying more attention to people's opinions and i think if they made a modern horizons 2 fingers crossed they paid attention to how modern horizons 1 really impacted uh a lot of metas not just modern Absolutely. In any case, one of the other announcements that we saw yesterday that I personally am super excited about, and this week's chase card is from the new Adventures in the Forgotten Realm set, and yes. it is Vorpal Sword. Oh boy, am I excited about this. I have been a fan of Lewis Carroll's work for a long, long time. As some of you might know, I was an actor in a previous life. And <laughs> Jabberwocky is something that I've read for auditions for a long time because it's a really good way to demonstrate your command of vocal structure. But Vorpal Sword looks like it's a really good way to demonstrate your command of donking people out of the game. 
instantaneously. Mm -hmm. It is a one mana artifact equipment for black that has equipped creature gets plus two plus oh and has death touch equipped for black black. It also has the activated ability five black 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 so eight total mana until end of term vorpal sword gains whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player that player loses the game it has phage touch and that is so cool that's literally a one mana cost uh more than phage because phage costs seven to seven to play four Mm -hmm. pips black and then three colorless is um it's a phage equipment which i just think is really cool if 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 i felt like phage was um a bit more of a viable commander i would definitely uh slot that in there i definitely need to edit phage i haven't touched that deck in a while but vorpal sword looks so cool (laughs) well i I just think it has a lot of neat things going for it the power Mm -hmm. excuse me the power upgrade the death touch Mm -hmm. being this big mono black bomb that can Mm -hmm. stick around on the field and and frankly i'm looking at the art on this and it looks so good and and just to be clear this is going to be the buy a box promotional Mm. piece for the uh set adventures in the forgotten realms they actually do have an alternate art version with foil i believe that's going to be the one that comes that in. is yeah it's the bio box one yeah the alternate and so art is the the promo it's beautiful it's so good and so i really am just excited about this upcoming set i know we've talked about it on a few other occasions but we're finally starting to see some of the cards from this D set and like i've mentioned a crossover like this is going to be dragging a lot of new people into magic I personally think this is going to get a ton of players that we haven't seen before. And since Mm -hmm. it's going to be the quote unquote uh, core set for the year, it looks like they're going to go for some more simplified mechanics. I don't know if we're going to see too many new things, but right out the gate, we've got a one mana artifact portable hole in white. Have you seen this chase? I have. I think it's really cool. I also think it's very funny. I, it just gives me like, I don't know how to describe it. The, the the flavor that I would want from a and d set, I'm already seeing just in the, what, five cards we've seen. Technically yeah. six. Um, portable hole, I... ETBs, exile target, non-land permanent, and opponent controls with mana value two or less until it leaves the battlefield. So it's, just, it's essentially just, you know... Um, Oh gosh, what are those other ones? It's it's you know the like a, a conditional swords to plowshares, but it's it's a little bit more white fatal push than black's fatal push. Exactly, mana value two or less. That in, in um, I'm trying to think about this from a limited point. Um, that can get rid of a lot of like early game um beaters. I know that there are a lot of like in in most like draftable sets. There's cards that like will pump up pretty pretty easily. I mean, we also have um. An early game <laughs> one spoiled as well called Prosperous Innkeeper. Before we move on to Prosperous Innkeeper, mm-hmm. I just want to shout out real quick. I think Portable Hole is going to be a house in older formats yeah. where the mana value of the permanence doesn't get very high. Formats like Modern and Legacy, things mm-hmm. at three and four mana value don't really tend to come out that much. And so I think it's going to be really good for those formats. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about Prosperous Innkeeper because there's a very specific thing on it that I'm excited about. Yep, this guy right here, uh, he's a green card, so he does it all. Um, when he ETBs, he makes a treasure token. Yeah, treasures in green. Um, and whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain one life. That's not too um, unspoken for for green. What is it? Eternal Witness, I think, is a... Not Eternal uh, Witness. It's the, no. the elf, the elf, the green elf. Um, uh, you're going to have to help me out oh, on that. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's going to Are you talking about Wellwisher that... 
taps for elves? No, because... no, 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 no. It's 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 not well wisher. It's Chris played it the other night when we were playing on stream. I killed it, and he got really mad about it. I'm fine with it. I'm a I'm a. It's like a green uh green uh soul warden. I'm just gonna Google green soul warden, and whatever comes comes. Oh, essence warden. Essence warden. Essence yeah. warden. There it is. This this soul sisters effect is is actually much more of a white thing. I think if I remember correctly, essence warden is from the time spiral block. Can you confirm that for me? Um, it says that it was exp- printed in Commander fourteen, but I'm definitely sure it was printed in other places as well. Uh, if you give me time to stall, I can tell. Yeah. You. Why don't you keep well, talking about it? In any case, <laughs> I, I I think this is another example of green sort of glomming on to other parts of the color pie. I, you remember me uh, complaining about Honor Troll a couple of episodes ago about yeah. how it was getting into White's sort of, you know, mm-hmm. additional life gain stuff. And I understand Green has, you know, bursty life gain and it's part of that, but this doesn't seem bursty. This seems like the incremental stuff that we're used to White getting. And I, I'm not super happy about this card. Um, To, to recycle back to that, um, there were only five printings of Essence Warden. Um, mm-hmm. Mystery Boosters, Commander Anthology, Commander 14, Dual Deck of Johnny versus Bolas, and Planner Chaos. And Planner so, Chaos, there yeah, we go. That's all we got for yeah. this. And so it's it's this sort of thing that it's starting to normalize Green's expansion. And if they're going to keep doing stuff like Lorehold for white and red, absolutely fine. I'm fine with it, but I need to see more of it moving forward. Yeah. And so if we keep seeing qu- portable whole quality cards, that's great. In any case, the thing I wanted to talk about on Prosperous Innkeeper is the type line. And it says... <gasps> Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it says halfling. It's so what? cool. We we were expecting maybe that they were going to stick with Kithkin because that's sort of been the magic version of, you know, your hobbits and your halflings and whatnot. But they straight up went with halfling and I'm that really excited about crazy. it. That's crazy. I didn't even notice that. I was just talking about the treasure thing. Yeah. That's so I, cool. I, I think it's very cool. Um, speaking of other cool cards that we saw, we saw a Beholder card. So Chase, you're pretty excited. So I'm really excited for Beholder. So a little bit of, of, of uh, context for, for me is um, uh, the, um, I don't know the exact wording for it, so you might have to tell me a bit, but um, every now and then Wizards employees will get like, you know, exclusive cards only to those who work there. They're not real. The um, Heroes of the Realm cards. Uh, I think of we the... talked about, uh, yes. was it Kedis and the Beholder or something yes. like that? Yes. So that's Kedis and the Beholder. Um, when that was happened, when that came out, I thought it was so cool. I asked, um, um, you know, was the employee if they would be okay with me, like building a deck around it, even though I would never own the card. And they're like, yes. Um, I was able to get a proxy made and I built it and it was bonkers good it was so good and ever since then i thought it was the coolest thing ever because kedis and the beholder is two creatures in one you were literally a dragon and a beholder um and i just have always kind of thought beholders were like the coolest thing ever at all in D. i've always wanted to do something with a beholder i don't know how but i think it's neat um and then they spoiled this uh here which also they spoiled a new frame as well it's card is called baleful beholder we literally see nothing except the fact that it is a creature it is black and a beholder that's all we yeah. see. It's really cool. The uh the frame treatment looks like the original D and D sketches in the original rules book, which is so cool. I think it's so neat. Um, I love it. I my brain was like, I wish it was a legendary. I know it's not because it doesn't have the filigree on top that would indicate it is a legendary. But I just think it's really cool that we get to see. Um, in my opinion, one of the biggest bads in D and D. Like I, I before I even played D and D, I knew what a beholder was just because you would mm-hmm. see it a lot pop up in like media and stuff. I just think it's super cool and awesome. Well, we actually do get to see one of the actual big bads in D and D on do. this set, Tiamat. Oh 
Boy, does this card slap. It is the actual Tiamat of actual Tiamat fame, the five-headed dragon goddess uh, from the Forgotten Realms. Two Wooburg, legendary creature, dragon god, mm-hmm. flying 7-7. Seven, seven. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, search your library for up to five dragon cards that are not named Tiamat that have different names, reveal them, and put them into your hand. I think that is pretty darn cool, especially for a Dragon Tribal deck. Gotta say, um, I have uh, no concept of the big bads in D&D past uh, Beholders and Strad. <laughs> That's it. Um, <laughs> That's so you got excited about Tiamat. I was like, it is a dragon. And you're like, it's a really cool dragon. I'm like, okay, I believe you. Um, notice how the type there. I want to notice the type. Dragon God is the creature mm-hmm. type. That's really cool because that's going to really work with a lot of the God stuff that we saw printed in Call Time, which I think is going to be really cool. World Tree is going to be able to get that. Um, mm-hmm. I think you could do something really disgustingly cool with this. Um I'm already thinking of really weird ways to interact with this. I know that dragon tribal decks are going to be going crazy. I've heard some CDH people even talking about this card, how it combos off with food chain. Um, mm-hmm. The person who told me that um, Nathan Hermit Druid was talking about how you can do something really gross with like Tiamat and food chain. Um, I don't know what that means. I know that food chain is a good card. And so I just went, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it just makes sense. <laughs> I think I might be able to talk the spikes into doing a better Noah combo for Tiamat food chain here in a couple months, but we'll, <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about that later. I definitely think it's really cool. Would it would be really funny to do like Tiamat and like have um, that enchantment, the arcane adaptation that makes everything in your deck uh, gods or dragons. You could have a dragon god deck and then just get mm-hmm. everything in your deck with the world tree because all your dragons are gods in your deck. That's a cool idea that Chase came up with. <laughs> yeah, there you go. TM. Yeah. Uh, one of the other cards that we saw spoiled out of the set was power word kill which brings a lot of flavor from uh the rule books because it's a doom blade so one in a black for an instant destroy target and instead of non-black creature they've gone with non-angel non-demon non-devil non-dragon creature which uh for fans of DD would notice as essentially saying non-outsiders non-dragons which is basically the restrictions that exist on the spell power word kill so i'm actually really excited about that because it indicates to me that they might be doing some other things with other iconic spells such as magic missile or fireball or mordenkainen's anything right I do have to say, I definitely think that this card is really cool because it's telling of all of the future cards that we're going to see. I definitely think we're going to see, obviously we've seen dragons in here. I think we're going to see devils. I think we're going to see demons and we're obviously going to see angels. So I'm really excited to see what they bring from that in there. I really hope to see some tieflings. That's one of my favorite races in D&D. I really hope that we see that come up. Um, but this is just really exciting. Though There's mm-hmm. already like a warmth and an energy in the art that I think is really um tangible yes and makes you, me very excited it, it feels welcoming and I, I really think that if by this point in time almost everywhere because this is coming out in i believe late june is that mm-hmm. right or sorry um, late july late yeah. july it's gonna be the uh, second and third week of july yeah modern horizons needs to come out first <laughs> right right uh that being said one other thing i want to talk about before we start wrapping this show up is there's going to be four more commander decks and the quote is created to line up alongside Strixhaven's commander decks which were some of the most powerful that have come out in recent memory and maybe ever these are powerful decks for current commander players ready to form a party for an unforgettable journey names of commander decks check these i'm so excited i'm so excited aura of courage that's gonna be dungeons white. of death that's gonna be black draconic rage <laughs> that's gonna be red planar portal that's gonna be blue <laughs> 
there you go. <laughs> I feel and like I got the colors just by the names. <laughs> yeah, tweet, tweet back at us here in about eight weeks and tell us how we did. But we are, I personally am so excited for this because the design, I mean, you, you said it yourself, Alibu is maybe one of the best Boros commanders that has ever been printed. I definitely agree with that sentiment. And these, I really have to say, I know, I know his name. I know his name. He's somewhere on Twitter. I saw him post on Twitter. The person... I don't remember your name. If you're listening to this, probably not. You who made these commander decks, you did a phenomenal job. They're so fun and they're playable and there's good enough value in there that people can want to keep them and they're fantastic. And I think that these pre-cons, if this is how the other pre-cons are going to be, phenomenal job. I am enamored with this. It, it has made me play a color and an archetype completely out of my comfort zone. And I definitely am really excited to see what what else comes with these precons what they're going to make me do and 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 make me change my my play experience i think this is going to be wonderful all right so the very last thing i want to talk about before we sign off is the basic lands that they've previewed for yes! the dnd set <laughs> they come complete with regionally specific quest hook text and mm. my goodness do i love this idea i hope they continue this for every set that comes out there is no better place in my opinion to do expository dialogue than on basic lands mm -hmm. because they're so evocative and scenaric scenaric scenery filled scenery filled we're gonna go with that scenaric i want to say i don't think that's a real word but i, I like the sound <laughs> of it we're gonna go back we're going back with scenaric okay it really just gives me a feel for the world, and I really would love to see more of it in New Plains especially. So if we can get more of that, that's going to be fantastic. I love these. I think these are phenomenal. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I, I really hope that we see more of this in the future because it provides sort of a story and a base for some of these planes. We we know where they are, but, but do we know where they are? Yeah, <laughs> I think exactly. that's what they're exactly. doing. I think it's really cool. I think so too. Any case, folks, we're over time, but thank you so much for giving us a half hour of your life. We hope that this has helped you out. Just to throw some dates at you real quick, we're expecting, once again, Dark Alliance, the video game on June 22nd. WPN in-store in play can resume as soon as May 29th. Uh, Old Board of Fable Passages should be available at most LGSs when it's safe or as early as June 18th for $50 USD or greater. Modern Horizons previews begin May the 24th, uh, available in uh, pre-release week June the 11th, worldwide release June 18th. And finally, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, available pre-release week July 16th and July 23rd worldwide release i don't think we've got a confirmed time for spoilers to start for that but thank you so much for listening to scry 7 my name is spike feeder alex you can find me on twitter at spike feeder alex and the spike feeders all over twitch youtube and twitter at the spike feeders and of course my lovely co-host hi it is me chase i don't know if you said it but i'll say it again um the pre the previews do begin for the DD set on the 29th of june um so that will be happening which i'm really excited about anyways um Hi, my name is Chase, also known as Mana Curves. I own 51% of this podcast, and I am also Alex's co-host. Um, I'm a Commander content creator. I stream Paper Commander and Collaborative Deck Building on my Twitch channel, and I write articles for TCG Player. Um, so you should definitely check that out, because uh, you bet your tushy I'm going to be talking and building a lot from this D&D set. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. Yeah. So folks, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, conniptions, or just want us to talk about something on the show, reminder to send it to scry7 at gmail.com or tweet us at scry7 until next week thank you so much and have yourself a wonderful day do, 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 do. podcast is over <laughs>
Some production provided by Spike Feeders Radio. If you have questions, concerns, connections, comments, or just want to have something featured on this show, be sure to send it to scry7 at gmail.com. Or just add us on Twitter at scry7.